going to be your moderator. <laughs> this is um, something that we all can talk about because this is something that's happened to each one of us. If you're in Christ, then you can talk about this. Tonight we're going to, the main topic's going to be chosen in Christ unto salvation. Now, how many of us tonight are in Christ? I would say all of us. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. <laughs> For the most part, see, you, you are become an expert about this because as you've walked with the Lord, as you spent time with Jesus and, and, and went through life, I mean, you have experiences that only you, now they're similar to ours, but see, God is unique. He works in each one of us in a unique way. We could testify about what God's done in us because He has done something in us. So chosen in Christ unto salvation. Now, I'm just going to get the pump primed here. Now, there's no better planner than God, right? Everyone, you've got these big companies out there and they're experts in planning events and all these things and they know everything about it. But see... If you've walked with God, you found out that He is an excellent planner. There's you, you, have you ever been just like in Walmart or in some store and all of a sudden there's this encounter that happens and, and before you know it, you're talking about this person about Christ and they're responding in faith? Well, who planned that? Well, you didn't, right? You just went there to get some food or get some clothes or, God plans things. He's, or, He's ordered our steps. That's how the Bible says. He orders our steps. Amen. So we can trust in Him. That's the point. We see in the creation of the world that God does His will. Right? It, it, it says, in the beginning, Bob, no, it doesn't say that. It says, in the beginning, God. See, God's the one that has orchestrated all things according to His will. And in salvation, we are participants in His will. Isn't that exciting? You've been called into Christ in order for something to happen to you that only God can do. So this is something. We've been chosen in Christ unto salvation. In other words, what He's begun in you will result in you being saved when others are cast into the lake of fire. This is a reality. I know that the, in 2020, people don't like to t talk about this. It's like they draw back and say, wait a minute, that's harsh. Believe me, when we're standing before the judgment seat of Christ, and there, there's going to be an immediate separation, isn't there? The goats and the sheep. Now, how do you get to be a sheep? Well, we find out that we've been chosen in Christ from before the foundation of the world. Now, that's a God that can do His will, Right? This is a God. He doesn't draw back from that. He doesn't say, well, he, God's not a man, right? He's not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If he's chosen you in Christ, he's going to mold you or transform you into the image of his son. To where on that day, he'll say, come, you blessed of the Lord. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So, uh, is a discussion. So, Brother David? In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, verse 8 says, Be thou partaker mm -hmm. of the afflictions mm -hmm. of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us That's right. and called us with a holy calling, mm -hmm. not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose, yes. grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So that's the, the purpose that God had before the world that's right. created eternal. Amen. Purpose. Amen. He's bringing many sons to glory, isn't he? Amen. Yes, sister. In 1995, March 1995, uh -huh. uh, I was taking my daughter to Tulsa to fly to Grand Cayman for mission work. Dropped her off at the airport, and coming back, the I-44 was in a little bit of a construction, and somehow I got off on the wrong highway. I-44 is an interstate, and mm -hmm. then there's another interstate that goes straight west. And I got off on that accidentally. Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize, realize it right away. Went quite a ways on it. And uh, being an interstate, it, you, even when I realized it, it uh, I couldn't get off until mm -hmm. the next exit, which is a long ways. Yeah. And then my radiator boot. 
And uh, here I was with on the side of the road with smoke coming out of the radiator. And uh, I waited till it was cooled and then added some water I had in the car. Mm -hmm. But the water ran out as fast as mm -hmm. I poured it in. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did see an exit just up ahead. Mm -hmm. And I managed to turn it on and go to the exit and get off. And I said, is there anybody here uh, close that knows how to work on radiators? Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, yeah, just down the street. There's a guy in radiation. The radiators is his specialty. Mm -hmm. And he's right down, you know, gave me a direction just a few blocks away. Mm -hmm. And I went to the house, and he looked at it, and boy, he says, this is going to take two to three hours. It was very cold. Mm -hmm. It was below freezing, very, very cold. There was ice and snow on the ground. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, well, go next door to where my house is, and you stay there while I'm fixing your car. So I go to the house, and he's got a son in a wheelchair. Uh, and uh, we get in a discussion, and he has all these doubts about God. Mm -hmm. We spent two and a half hours talking about God. Mm -hmm. And got to lead him to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and his yes. son. And mm -hmm. when I got done, the car was done. Yeah. And uh, he said, I told him I was off course, how to get back. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know... Uh, if you'd gone on I-44, there's nobody there yeah. to fix that radiator. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just one of those God appointments type yes, things. Yeah. And the amount of money that he charged me was exactly what I had in the bank. Mm -hmm. I mean, almost to the penny. Mm -hmm. And it was just so much a God thing. Mm -hmm. You know God orders your steps. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's just Amen. one example. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, God, God litters our life with these events. If you think about it, uh, every day, His mercies are new every morning. So see, there's something, even if you are, are not aware of it, there's something God's doing. Sometimes it's for, for protection, and you're not aware of it, but you will be made aware of it someday. See, God's, God's keeping a record of all these things. And look, at He's glorified in these things. And so it, it, it's an amazing thing. Now, God... I was thinking about this with with um, creation. You notice in creation, you you read the first chapter of the Bible, and you don't hear any anybody talking back to God, right? And nobody said, "Yeah, but it would be better." If... No. Why do they do it in the church then? Well, why is it that that some religion, some some doctrines contradict what God said? Because it's men's ideas rather than God's ideas. And, and if you look at Genesis and how the, the world began, it was all God's will being made known. It, it, was, it was made known in what he created. When God created the heavens and the earth, it was perfect. Everything about it was perfect. Man was perfect. He put him in the garden and to tend the garden, and, and everything was at peace and in harmony. And this is the way that it is in Christ Jesus. It's a picture. When God puts us in Christ, well, you know, we're, we're still here. We still have a, from our perspective, we have to make it from here to there. But see, he's with us. He hasn't left us. He hasn't said, okay, now, now you go ahead and do the best you can do. No, he's with us. He's given us of his Holy Spirit. And um, he has his way. Now, his way isn't always the way of, of that we would see it directly. I mean, immediately, sometimes it's like, how can you be sure that this is His way? Well, see, this is something that as you live with the Lord, as you walk with the Lord, you'll be able to identify Amen. that this is the Lord, just like you were able to identify it. But somebody else may not have been able to. Somebody that wasn't close to the Lord, wasn't walking in the Spirit, it would just been frustration. But see, this wonderful thing, it turned out to glorify God. Now, there's nobody like God. Yes, go ahead. Okay, years ago, God was with me uh -huh. because he helped me. Mm -hmm. Now, this was a number of years ago, mm -hmm. before I was even married, before I even knew Benita. Mm -hmm. Okay, he helped me a great big help. Yes. Because I was pregnant mm -hmm. with my daughter, and I had my son in my arms. 
and God helped me so much mm -hmm. because a man stabbed me mm -hmm. right here mm -hmm. and he was drunk he was my brother-in-law mm -hmm. and Jesus helped me mm -hmm. turn and he stabbed me and I had a good supporting bra on uh -huh. but I tell you, if I didn't turn fast enough, mm -hmm. he would have killed my son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though my son is dead now from mm -hmm. a drunk driver, but he would have killed my son mm -hmm. at that time. But that man is in prison, mm -hmm. and I'm saved because it was yes. just a half an inch from my heart. Yeah. But if I didn't have God, mm -hmm. he would have killed me yeah. and my son too. But God can do everything and anything That's for right. you. Yeah, amen. amen. He, he tells us this. He says, if you believe, right? All things are possible to him who believeth. Well, says so you look out into the world and you'll see God helps people that, that don't even know him yet. That don't even know him, brother. A man's heart deviseth his way, but yes. the Lord directeth his way. Amen. amen. Man purposes, but God disposes. Yes. Yes. And so, see, this is because God's worked in you. So you, you're called upon to pray for those who, who are on the outside, who don't know God. Why? Because, see, that, now, this is how I can remember that this going through. I wasn't always faithful. I was raised to be faithful. But when I went into the military, things happened. And before I knew it, I was off in Wonderland. Just doing things, I was like, what in the world's going on? But I couldn't stop myself. See, none of us walk by faith and are holy just on our own. God's, God's with us. He's doing the work now. So what happened? God sent somebody. God sent somebody that would remind me of what he had done in me and what he was going to do in me and got me back on track. This is what, see, the whole body's working together. It's not always just joy and happiness and shaking hands with smiles. Sometimes you've got to tell somebody what's really going on. And anyway, brother? Yeah, we, we, walk, we also, we walk in the light. Yes. As he is in the light. And the light makes manifest. Mm -hmm. So a, as you walk in this light, it makes manifest these things uh -huh. around you. Amen. You know, there's, if you walk down the hallway in the dark... In the middle of the night, you can trip over things that you yes. can't see. Yes. There's obstacles that could be in your path, but if you can't see it, you don't know where you're going. Mm -hmm. In the dark, you Amen. don't really know where you're going, but in the light, yes. you can see where you're going. That's right. right? So, Amen. So as we walk with Christ, yes. we have this fellowship one with another, mm -hmm. and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin That's in, that, right. in that light, but it's a directing light. Mm -hmm. Amen. And so every every person you meet has some kind of story, some kind of testimony. And if they're in Christ, they'll, they'll be quick to share it, right? Because it, it this is when God does something in you or for you, this isn't just something common. For the most part, it's not just common. This is something that God done or has accomplished in you. Now, Jesus said it like this, John 15, 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit. Now, now this, this isn't just for the apostles here. He, if God called you into his kingdom and has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit, he will be with you. So now when you find yourself, we all have to walk through that door when we leave, right? We go out into a world that, well, it's called the evil, wicked world. Why? Because the devil is its leader, right? This world is going to burn up someday. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. But right now, this in this world, the only righteousness that's here is in God's people. We have been called to live or manifest God. In, and so you've not been... I, I just love this. You know how, how vain man's decisions can be? If you, if you just took just man's choices, well... It wouldn't lead you very far, that's for sure. Just the choices of men. But since you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. Now, his choice makes a difference is the point. Yes, brother? Yeah, this, uh, this way that we're in, it's it's been successfully ran by one person ahead of us. 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, like in uh, other countries, they have like trail guides for like mountain climbing. Yes. And he's gone that course before. He knows he knows the terrain. Yes. He knows the way. And so you have to follow him if you're mm -hmm. going to make it successfully where you're going. And we we have to follow Christ if yes. we're going to make it successfully where we're going. Amen. Amen. while to accept that God has chosen us. Yes. Yeah. Like That's you said, right. we have not chosen him, he's chosen us. Mm -hmm. Although I grew up in church and even had an ambition to be a missionary, mm -hmm. it took me a long time to really accept that God loved me and to learn to love God. Yes, yes. And I sort of held a veto power against God's will mm -hmm. within my heart mm -hmm. and wouldn't sing, I surrender all. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I found myself frustrated when I was trying to find things to do. Mm -hmm. I thought I wanted to serve the Lord, but it was sort of a matter of pride. I wanted to do something important and what's more important than serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a matter of humility and submission mm -hmm. and so it took a long time before I came to a place where I was really serving the Lord and helping mm -hmm. his mission Amen. because it took me a long time yes. to just surrender to his leading mm -hmm. instead of trying to find my own way yes amen we know it, it was because he chose you that he knew what he was going to work in you but see, this is a this is a work of God. This isn't something that we well, if we just are religious, we'll come to the right conclusions. No, we won't come to the right conclusions. See, it's when we're with God and He's leading us into the paths of righteousness. Well, but see, at the moment, just like you just testified, at the moment, we we may not be completely on board, but God is completely on board. You see, He's teaching our hands to make war. In other words, we're able to 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 grow to the point to where we can see, you, you've grown. You know that God loves you. You know you're in Christ and you know where you're going. But this isn't, this does not from day one. See, when you're first converted, you, you right then you would go. You would be with the Lord. I mean, this was like, this was, but see, we've got, there's some, there's a work that God's doing in us. And it's not always like a, cookie cutter kind of thing it's not the same in each one of us so that's why we have to bear along with one another right because well i've got a lot of rough edges but the lord's he's faithful he's the one that's faithful and so if he, the ones that he chose what did he choose us for to be transformed by the renewing of our mind to to where we end up be in the image of the son now that's a big work and it's not a work that we can do we're involved in it, but he's doing the work. Now, you can have confidence in that kind of, kind of a God. He's doing the work. He's going to, in other words, I'm going to end up being what he wants me to be. Now, there's a lot of work along the way. A lot of submission. See, actually, our greatest work is, is to believe the record he's given of us to believe that Jesus can do this. Now, when he does, you'll be able to recognize things along the way. They're like, Danny Powers used to say they're they're like mile markers. You go down the interstate and you know where you're at by the mile marker. He says sometimes you're not where you think you are. Like what happened to you? You you don't know. You think you're in the right place, but then you find out. Well, I'm completely going the wrong direction. Well, what happens? Well, God doesn't abandon you and kick you out the door. He's teaching you. He's 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 very compassionate. God. This is what he says. He has chosen you and ordained you. Yes. See, this is God. In other words, God's working in you. This is his work. He's ordained. He's qualifying you. Now, in and of ourself, what do we have to offer God except everything? I mean, what, 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 can we hold back and just say, well, I only give you this much. But see, I don't think people... I don't think people do that consciously. It's just something that's in man. It's got to be worked out. So what does God do? He ordains you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit to God. What is the fruit that we bring forth to God? 
Well, it starts off really simple. It's just believing. It's the faith that He's given us. We use that, put that to work. And as we walk in the Spirit and walk with Him, we'll bring forth fruit. We'll grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But at no point in time can we say, we did it. (laughs) And what good would it do if we did? See, if God does the work, He'll receive the work. And He gets the praise for it, right? I just I, I appreciate this. You know, the word couldn't be more clear. He says, you have not chosen me. Yeah. Now, that cuts against a lot of doctrine yeah. out there. You know, that you can just drum up some kind of a response to God and he'll receive. No, he chose us. And because he chose us, we can have confidence that he's going to do the work. Brother Justin? Yeah, this... Uh... There's a in the in the world. There's something called a picky eater that doesn't, <laughs> That's right. that doesn't really like to eat this or like to eat that. Mm-hmm. But see, in the in the kingdom, you can't be a spiritually picky eater. That's right. And there's a lot of people today that they will not eat from the tree of election. They just that they, they, they pick around that. Yeah. They because they're trying to understand that with the wisdom of men. They're uh-huh. trying to understand that according to. What, what we know, and we know that if it was a man choosing people, uh-huh. there there would be a prob- there would probably be a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But see, it's not a man choosing people. No. But we're talking about a righteous, holy God That's choosing right. people who's always right, who always right. makes the right decision. <laughs> That's the person That's that right. I want to choose. Amen. And it's also it's important to understand because there's going to be a point in your life if uh-huh. there hasn't already yeah. where you're going to need to be confident in God. That's right. Now, what's going to minister more confidence to you than that God is with you and uh-huh. God is for you yeah. and that God chose you and that the only reason why you know Him is because of what He did. Yes. And He's, and he's promised things like I'll never leave you or forsake you. That's right. See, That's right. This this election of God, it has to be properly seen yes. for, in order for us to overcome. That last enemy that we have to overcome is death. Mm-hmm. You want to be confident when you have to face that last enemy. Well, that's interesting. Um, you bringing that up, this word election. Now, I can talk to some people a long time about how the goodness of God and about He's chosen us and about and they'll all be in agreement. But as soon as the word election comes up, it's like... You're not saying that. <laughs> well, I just, we just got done fellowshipping in what God was doing. Nothing's changed. God's chosen you in Christ before the foundation of the world. I mean, who, I, I can't figure out who else could choose people. Who else knows the end from the beginning except God? So see, the fact that He has ministered to your heart, that, that He has chosen you, or that He's, He's, He's working in you, should be enough to demonstrate his commitment to bring you to heaven. So see that when words like this get in the way, some an enemy's done this. Somebody has come in and tried to cloud what God's really doing and who's doing the work. Yes. uh, Three more verses. It says, uh, "If you were the world, the world would love his own." Yes. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Therefore, the world hateth you. That's right. Now in John six thirty seven, he says, "All that the Father giveth me shall come to me." Now that is a determinate word, right? Yeah. Jesus is saying God's going to give me people, and but they're not. They all hadn't come to Jesus while He was here walking around as a man, right? He only chose twelve disciples, and one of them was a betrayer, right? One of them betrayed Him. But he chose him anyway. Every single person that God has chosen will come to Jesus. That's what it says. It will come to me and him that cometh to me. This should comfort us all. I will in no wise cast out. Now remember the day you came to Jesus. You came to him. Now sometimes it was, you came to him in a preliminary sense at your baptism. You came. You wanted to, to be with him. You wanted your sins taken away. And and they were, but see, as you walk with Jesus, it, you don't. There's no point in time when we stop coming to Jesus. 
This isn't like oh, it's something that happened 20 years ago. I came to Jesus and now, well, no, every day we come to Jesus because, well, he's working things in us and he won't cast us out. Amen. So, you know, I think I've been cast out by some people. Yeah. You know, I was in Germany and there was these Mormons and, you know, and, and the Baptist and the Pentecostal, they all had their little caucuses. <laughs> we would go out into the field and have like maneuvers. And every night we were camped in tents and, you know, like army guys do. Uh, and we're all sitting around there. And all of a sudden, all these people come in with agendas. There's like 20, 30 people come walking over to our area. And they want to convert us all to Mormonism. And, and I sat there and I thought, I, I never experienced anything like it. And the next thing, here comes the Pentecostals and the Baptists. And they all want to convert you to their little group. And and so I listened to all of them, and Jehovah Witness was there, and, and I thought, how odd. The men have come up with ways that please them. But God says, I'm giving people to my son to ensure that they all are, are absolutely conformed to his image. Nobody else can do this but Jesus. Nobody else can make you ready for heaven except Jesus. Not any man, not any doctrine of men, only Jesus. And it's not just a word. He is the word. God put you in the word and then you're being, you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You'll, in other words, every day you'll wake up and, and the Lord will have his agenda. It's his agenda and he'll lead you into it. And um, a lot of times I don't see it right off, but I'll realize this was the Lord. He was leading me in this direction. We can have confidence in this kind of a doctrine. Brother? Back to uh, John 15, 16. There's three things that are result. It says, uh, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Number one. Yes. That you should go and bring forth fruit. That's right. Two, that your fruit should remain. And three, that... Whatsoever he shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it. Amen. He, he chose us for that purpose. Yes. Amen. Now see, Paul reasoned this out in Romans. He reasoned it out with to where people could understand. You know, that some people are just against this. Well, I'm not against being conformed into the image of Christ. Whatever it takes, I want to do that. And uh, this is what it says. In John 6, 39, And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. Amen. Now, do you believe that? Do you believe that every single person that God has given to Christ will be there on the day of judgment, transformed into his image? Perfect. He says, I'll lose nothing. Not one. Now, see, this is actually greater than our natural mind can comprehend because we're used to losing things. <laughs> it's just the way it is. You, I remember when I was younger and I was vibrant and I could do work really well. I mean, I can't do that anymore. I lost that. I'm in a world where you lose things all the time. But Jesus won't lose anyone. That's powerful consideration. Why? Because this is God-ordained and Jesus is doing the work. Well, can Jesus fail? No, he can't. He can't fail. Now, what's he going to do with those that he doesn't lose? But should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So, see, where did this rapture thing come from? How did that enter in? Well, an enemy has done this. And now, we are going to be caught up, right? <laughs> Together with Christ. Rapture actually means caught up. We are going to be caught. We're going to be lifted up some out of the graves, right? The graves are going to give forth. We're going to be raised incorruptible. Every single person that's ever lived is going to get a body like unto his body. Now this is going to spell doom for a lot of people. To have a body that's perfect, that cannot express sin, and 
a sinner get put into that body and they still want to sin, but they have a body that will not express it. Now that is torment forever and ever. See, this is everyone talks in Corinthians about everyone's going to receive a body like his glorious body. Why? Because he took away your sin. There's a sense in which when Jesus died and took away sin, he purchased you for himself. Now, some are going to raise to everlasting glory. Some are going to be raised to everlasting destruction. Now, the question is, is which one are we anticipating? Which one, when you get up in the morning, if, if you know that Christ is with you, you know you're looking forward to it. It says we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon which our house which is from heaven, right? Why? Because we'll never again have to suffer the effects of having a mortal body. We won't be tempted anymore. No more temptation. No more trials. We'll be in a body that's like Jesus' body. Now, when Jesus rose from the dead, he had a different kind of body, right? He had descended into the depths of the earth. He had preached to the captives that were there. Makes a big point of that. He preached to them that hadn't heard about what God was going to do before the flood. He preached to them. I can't even imagine that. Can you imagine? Just for a moment. You've been in, been there a long time in this, this world that was unlike anything else, being held captive by the enemy. And one day, Jesus enters into the picture. Jesus walks in to the realm of the dead as a victor. Jesus didn't go into the realm of the dead to fight Lucifer. No, no, he had already destroyed him on the cross. He destroyed him that had the power of death. And he entered into glory, I mean, into the the realm of the dead to preach deliverance. (laughs) Now, that's a for me, I, I get pretty excited just thinking about that. Jesus shows up. And preaches the gospel. And then some people teach, well, this he just left then. Nobody actually didn't have any power to save anybody. He just went down there to tell them. Well, that would be, talk about torment. That would be extremely torment. If, if it was told you, this is what I did. I took away your sins. But, you know, you can't respond because here you're in the realm of the dead. Well, we'll see one of these days how many people responded. How many people walked out of that place that day. Because, you know, Jesus didn't reside in the realm of the dead. He was there for a visit to preach the gospel. Then he rose the third day and then he later he ascended into heaven. That's where Jesus is now. And the, yes, brother. Yeah, he, he gives eternal life to all who believe. So if anybody he preached to down there was going to receive eternal life, they yes. were going to have to believe what he preached. Yes, exactly. Now, if he really did come to save every single person that God had given him, well, where were they at? Where, where did, it, before Jesus rose from the dead, where were all the people? We know that, remember Lazarus? The rich man in Lazarus shows us of a little picture about what was going on in the realm of the dead. There was already a great gulf fixed between those who were Lost, those who were being tormented. Remember, the rich man said, I'm, I'm tormented by this fire, right? And then across on the other side of the gulf, there was Lazarus. And he wasn't in torment. He says, he says he was comforted in the bosom of Abraham. Well, see, when we die now, we're not going to the bosom of Abraham. <laughs> it says to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. He came to save us. And now that he's exalted in heaven, when we depart from this world, from the living in this body, we're present with him. Now that sounds like something that Christ would do. Bring us unto himself. Now one of these days, when he comes back in the end, so we're going to be, we're going to have, have our new bodies. Now, I don't pretend to understand because we're not given a lot of revelation on this. I just told you what's in the, in the Bible. But I don't have, all the explanation about what that's going to be, what that's going to look like. But yeah. well, we're going to experience it, brother. And one of these days, we're going to see him as he is. And at that moment, we'll be changed or transformed. We'll have a new body that's compatible with glory. 
course, um, if anyone's thrown or cast into the lake of fire, they're going to have a body too. They, they're not going to be running around there just... No, they're going to have a body. And they're going to be put in a place that isn't even made for men, right? The lake of fire was made for the devil and his angels. So, well, I think that should be enough deterrent. God does give us deterrence where we don't stray too far away from him, right? He, he, it's his real place. It's a, it's a lake of fire. We're torments 24-7 forever and ever and ever. I think that's a long time. So we don't want to go there. So why does God tell us about it? So we'll take heed and we won't. But see now, Jesus, He purposed, God purposed to bring many sons to glory and He sent His Son to facilitate that, that, that desire. God willed something, He purposed something, and He gave it to His Son to bring the sons to glory. Why? So we would have everlasting life, not everlasting destruction. Destruction is always in the Scriptures, talks about away from the face of God. In other words, out of His presence. Now, I don't, I don't um, understand all the implications of that, but it doesn't sound good, does it? It doesn't sound to be in a place forever that God's not. That's just not, doesn't sound good. So Jesus, talking about being chosen. We have been chosen for a specific purpose. And it's God's eternal purpose. And we, we, God will never be frustrated in His purpose, right? God doesn't purpose something and then hit an obstacle and say, well, I guess I couldn't do that. No, that's what men do. Actually, that's what the devil has done. The devil purposed to take over, right? He entered into the garden to take over. And He's the God of this world. That's what it says in the Scripture. He's the God of this world. It looks like to some men that He's frustrated God's purpose. But He hasn't frustrated anything. Actually, this was all mandated by God Himself. (laughs) We've been chosen for a purpose. Jesus said this in John 17, 9. I pray for them... I pray not for the world. I've actually been called down by some people and say that's not what that means. Well, I think it just means what it says. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Well, why would Jesus say that? Because Jesus is doing the purpose of God. God's given him a a purpose. And in this purpose... He says, I'm, I'm praying not for the world, I pray for them. But specifically at this point in time, he's praying for his disciples, right? He's praying that they wouldn't be drawn away and, and overtaken while he was bearing sin, while he was going to be uh, going to the realm of the dead for those three days. He was praying that God would keep them to where they wouldn't fall away. Well, we know that as soon as he, he this happened, they remember he said, Peter said, I'm going fishing. Well, what kept them? This prayer right here. He was praying for them. Now, but see, this is a universal implications too here. In other words, this is a, a verse that goes exactly along with all that the Father hath given me, and him that cometh to me, I'll no wise cast out. I've, you have not chosen me; I've chosen you and ordained you. And 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 then. God has, has, has made a place, a specific place for those who He's chosen. Now the, the specific place the, is, is narrowed down by saying in Christ. That's why He's put us in, in Christ. But see, He's put us into a place of safety Amen. to where we won't, we won't fall away. If He didn't keep us, well, we would fall away. But, but God's doing a work. And all that the Father has given him will come to him. Now, Jesus is specific in this word. Jesus is not praying for the world. He's praying to his Father to keep those whom he's given to his Son. Now, you see, Jesus goes into a little bit of detail. He says, when I was with them, I kept them. So we know he's talking immediately about his apostles, right? 
how he didn't. But see, there's a there's a implication that every single person that God has given to Christ are kept because Jesus is keeping them. See, he's, we, if we've been put into Christ, it makes sense then that He would be the one to keep us and to, to lead us and to transform us. He's given us of His Holy Spirit so that we might be moldable. He might reveal to us the things that need to be done. John seventeen eleven says this, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. See, we're in a place of danger right now. I mean, you know, as a believer... As you walk through life and you, you experience different things, it's good to know that Jesus behind the scenes is keeping you to where whatever happens to you, whatever comes upon you, you know, I can remember when I was in the hospital coughing up blood and all the doctors said I was going to die. Well, but see, Jesus was keeping me. He was keeping me. I didn't have to, I couldn't keep myself. But just just knowing this, that Jesus is superintending salvation, nothing can happen to you that's outside of the will of God if you'll just stay with Jesus. Amen. So see, that just knowing that, I was comforted. And, well, look, they were wrong. They were wrong. They didn't know everything, but Jesus does know everything. These are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me. Why? That they may be one as we are. Now, this is where we're headed, brethren. We're headed to a reality, a forever reality, where we are one with God. Now, I don't know if God could hold out anything more precious than this for you to know that one day, you're going to be one. In other words, God, he's, he, God Himself, it says it in the Revelation, God Himself will be with you. Not another. He won't speak to you through angels on that day. See, Jesus will have transformed us into His image. We know God loves the Son and shows Him things, right? Gives Him things. We'll be with Jesus, approved of God, and we'll see Him face to face. And live. And live. I tell you, you know, this thing called salvation is a lot bigger than what a lot of religious religiosity has made it. It's just not, it's not for this world. Actually, it's delivering us from this world. Knowing that one day we're going to be with Him. With Him forever. Well, what will a man give in exchange for that? It's just an amazing thing. Yes, go ahead. Part of the purpose for why we are called is several scriptures say that we have a holy calling mm-hmm. or so that we would be saints and be sanctified. Yes. He called us to that purpose, not so we would stay the same. We, when we were called, mm-hmm. we were... Uh, the scripture says we were sinners. We were uh-huh. weak and powerless. That's we right. were ungodly. Uh-huh. And he called us so that we wouldn't stay the same. The transformation. Yes. That's, he Amen. called us so that we would be different. And we couldn't do it on our own, but it's his grace that allows us to do that. But mm-hmm. we were called to, to be holy. Yes. To uh, You can see that the change in people's lives when they're called, mm-hmm. it... Uh, it's not we're being changed into his image he Amen. To, that's to right that. that's right which is the image that God will receive yes it's the only one that he will receive this is what he says in John 17 22 and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them Jesus has is making us or like you said, transformed us into His image in order that we might be able to obtain and live in the glory of God. In other words, we know. What is glory? It's a revelation. It's, we know Him that is true. We know God. Now, we don't know Him as well as we're going to know Him. We know Him in this preliminary sense that will save us if we take heed to what He's to, to God Himself. 
This is what he says, that they may be one, even as we are one. Now, he's talking to the Father, right? Jesus is praying. It's in John 17. He's praying to his Father. He's getting ready to lay down his life. And he says, that they may be one, even as we are one. Now, this isn't something that we can do. This isn't something that we have done. It's something that God has provided as we abide in His Son. He's making us ready to live with Him forever. To live with God forever. In His presence forever. Now, whatever God, whatever work God has for us toward those who He's chosen, see, we haven't just been chosen to sit in the throne room and have palm leaves on it. That's not what we've been chosen for. We've been chosen to do a work. Jesus was ordained, sent into the world to do a work. Now, we've been made ready or being made ready to dwell with Him forever to do a work. Now, God hasn't revealed what that work is. But God is a worker. God does things. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, see, in that statement, all the Godhead's involved in that, right? Every member of the Godhead was involved in the creation of the world. Well, uh, we're going to have a new world coming down from heaven, coming down from God, a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, and we will reign with Christ. Why? Because He has made us ready. He saved us. He says in the glory. The glory. God gave us glory. See, walking with Christ requires some glory. We're going to have to understand what God's doing Ignorant Christians don't do much. Now, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying God's called us into an understanding. He's given us the Holy Spirit that we might know the things that are freely ours. And that does not promote ignorance. Actually, it delivers us from ignorance. In other words, we're looking forward to what God has promised. God's given us a lot of promises in the Scriptures, right? And so... As we walk with Him, He opens them up. In other words, they become yours. You look in the the book of the Revelation, and there's a lot of bad things going on in some of the churches, right? But He gave them a promise. He said, if you'll do this, take heed. Why is He doing that? He's calling them into the fellowship of God's dear Son. He's you. If you'll just stay with Jesus, you'll be ready when He comes back. It actually says that in the next verse. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. Now, is there really a greater promise than that? Jesus holds us out. God holds us out in Christ that you can be where he is. (laughs) That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Now, Peter takes this truth and he expands it. See, the, every, all the apostles were given special revelation so they could expand what Jesus had said. Jesus said a lot of things. At the time, they didn't understand it. But after Pentecost, they were, they, it expanded in their hearts and minds and they saw what Jesus was saying. And so what did they do? They wrote it down so we could understand it. This is what he says, 1 Peter 2.9, You are a chosen generation... He's talking about the generation of Christ. Those that God had given to Christ and where He was bringing to glory a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of Him who have called you out of darkness and into this marvelous light. See, Peter saw it. He's bringing us to God. We're going to dwell in His presence. It doesn't get any better than this. I, I'm just, I don't know if that saying, I like to say that a lot. But the thing is, see, we're in a world of contrast. We're in a world where people contrast this to this. Which is the best? Which is better? Which is the greatest of all? Being with God is the greatest of all. Amen. There is no higher honor than to dwell in the throne room with God. Now, Jesus said, I overcame and am sit down with my Father in this throne. And he holds out this promise, if you'll overcome, you'll sit with me in my throne, my kingdom. God gave Jesus a kingdom. And we're all part of it. See, this is the greatness. Brother? The psalmist wrote, it's better to be a doorkeeper 
in the house, in the house of the house yes, of the Lord, in the dwell in the tents of wickedness. Now, a doorkeeper is generally one that's on the outside. <laughs> yes, it's generally a very lonely uh-huh. profession to be a doorkeeper. You stand there by a door all day. Mm. But see, it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Why? Mm-hmm. Because of the prophecy. You're closer to God yes. being a doorkeeper than Amen. you are dwelling in the tents of wickedness. wickedness. Amen. Amen. Well, brethren, uh, I'm not going to labor this much longer. This is, this is a wonderful salvation that God's given us. And, and it thrills my soul that we're all participants and you'll be blessed by what may seem to be the most insignificant saint. But God is working in that saint. And just all they have to do is, is what we've heard tonight, some testimonies. They testify about what God's done in them. And it, it, well, you, 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 we can't do that. God does that. And he works and lives through his people. Brother David. You're called the sons of God. Yes. In Romans 8, verse 28, we know yes. that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called. Yes. According to his purpose. For Amen. whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to yes. be conformed to the image of his son. That's right. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Mm-hmm. And whom he called, them he also justified. Yes. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Yes. Amen. Amen. So every day, all these experiences that we go through mm-hmm. are purifying us and making us like Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 That's and it's, it's going to happen because he predestinated us to do that. Yes, that's right. To be conformed to the image of his son. Amen. Amen. And and, and God can't fail. No. So <laughs> this is going to happen. So the thing is, is that it, it, this is what um, in Colossians, uh, Paul says this, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. What is that? That is a fitting word for where we're at right now. We're in this world. Now, we're not going to stay in this world, but while we're here, see, the body of Christ, we are have not been perfected yet. We're on our way to glory. So what we're going to have to do? Well, we're going to have to have bowels of kindness and mercy and be long-suffering. We're going to have to actually do what Jesus did. If Jesus is living in us, we'll respond in the same way. When they brought him the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery, the first thing that that um, they wanted to do, they wanted Jesus to condemn her. That's what it, But he didn't condemn her. Actually, the way he spoke, he condemned them. Because see, they, they, you notice that they, they didn't bring the man. So obviously this was all set up by the Pharisees or whoever to try to get Jesus to stumble. But Jesus wasn't going to stumble. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. Just like he knows exactly what he's doing now. So we find ourselves in circumstances and situations that may seem like they're out of control, but they're not. God is in control of everything and he's given this ministry to his son. And as we abide with each other, we're, we're going to find that as we are merciful and kind to one another, we'll actually be building each other up in the most holy faith and um, to the praise of his glory. See, this, this God's working in us. So we don't, I don't want to say it quite that way. I was going to say we don't have to figure it out. But see, as you walk with Christ, he reveals it to you. This is the key. He's doing the work. We're given to see it. So we can glorify Him. So we can praise Him for what He's done in His Son. Any other comments before we close? Yes, Sister? When you were talking about people stumbling at the idea of election, mm-hmm. and I think that's because some people have misused it yes. to say that there are those who cannot accept God. That's right. Yep. And use that an excuse not to evangelize because, yes. well, God hasn't chosen them. Mm-hmm. As if we knew who God chose and who we didn't. Yeah. And uh, 
people have used it as a matter of pride. Well, I am chosen of God. Yes, yes. Yeah. And yet the scripture teaches us that anybody mm-hmm. who is willing to accept the call mm-hmm. can become yeah. the chosen one. Yes, amen. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Yeah, most people that I've met have problem with election. Mm-hmm. And this, these are the type of people that Paul addressed. Mm-hmm. They have a higher view of themselves and a lower view of God than they ought to. Yes. Because mm-hmm. he's remember Paul addressed people. He said, "Well, who has resisted his will?" Mm-hmm. He said, "Nay, O man, yeah. who art thou that repliest against God? Yeah. Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus?" Yes. See, there's Amen. a the, the the person that asked that question uh-huh. had a higher view of themselves than they ought to, mm-hmm. and a lower view of God than they ought to. Yes. And you know, I think we all, well, I hope we all understand that Calvin did not agree with hyper-Calvinism. <laughs> you know, but he didn't agree with uh, with men calling themselves Calvinist. Not Calvin. You should read his work. I've read his work extensively. Calvin was not a Calvinist. <laughs> he was he, he preached the truth about this stuff. Now, there were some things he was wrong about. Look at the time in which he lived. Okay, and what he had come out of. Now, there were some things that he they said, child baptism. Of course, a lot of people were doing that. And they would say, well, it was, be, you know, they had reasons for it. But see, the thing is this. They love God. And you can't read his work and not know that he he knew what election was. And actually, Calvin preached election. Not election like hyper-Calvinism teach. Like you said, some people actually preach that there's whole segments of, of the population that God won't save. Well, you'd have to be God to say that, right? So, you know, the thing is, is that we preach Christ and Him crucified to every creature. And then whoever believes, see, now, why does it say that? Whoever believes will be saved because we can see now God working. When a person believes and repents, we know God chose them, right? I mean, but we don't have to guess about that. We don't, we're not actually called upon to go out to the population and say, well, you're saved, you're not saved. No, it's all a matter of the Holy Spirit does the work. And if a person responds in faith, they are chosen of God. Now, but does that save them? Okay, this is the thing. Now, you say, well, ultimately from God's view, but we don't live every day in that perspective. Right. What is a believer going to have to do? He's going to have to endure unto the end, right? Gonna to have to walk by faith. He's gonna to have to live in the spirit. So see the thing is is that your first response, I know a lot of people that got baptized that aren't saved. See that that's not the guarantee. The guarantee is living by faith and trusting in God, and God is bringing us to glory. So see this is when a person just makes that kind of a doctrine where it's a sharp distinction that they've made rather than God, there's gotta be something wrong with it. Yes, sister. Interesting in John 9 when he's talking about the blind man and the Pharisees, mm-hmm. uh, the opposite of faith is not so much doubt as it is certainty. Mm-hmm. The Pharisees were certain that they were right. <laughs> That's right. Therefore, they eliminated all evidence to the contrary. Mm-hmm. You know, then that's why Jesus said, because you say you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we, we have to guard against yes. that. Yes, amen. Because you have to be open to the scriptures so yes. that you will. I don't act like the Pharisees, thinking mm-hmm. I'm so right that I can't be able to see the evidence that I'm not. Yeah, yes, amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all chosen people mm-hmm. at the end, we will find that they lived by faith. Yes. That they didn't draw back, that they were faithful to death. That, that they they remained faithful to get the crown of life, mm-hmm. that they kept under their bodies and brought it into subjection, that they worked out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. They fear, it says, let us fear lest a promise being left of us uh-huh. entering into rest that any of you should seem to come short of it. Yes, amen. See, this is the mindset that chosen right. people have. Mm-hmm. This is the mindset that saved people have. Yes. They don't have an arrogant mindset. That's right. A saved person, a person who's truly elect mm-hmm. of God, isn't going to say something like, I could take a pistol and shoot you in the head and still go to heaven. 
Right. They wouldn't even think that way. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the foreknowledge of God uh -huh. gets mixed up with uh, choice, man's choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, God might know ahead of time what you're going to choose, but that doesn't mean that you didn't choose. Well, and he says to Jeremiah, before you were ever born, I chose you. That's right. And, that's right. See, uh, that's, that's yeah. a kind of election. But then he knew ahead of time yes. that Jeremiah was going to choose. Well, he, he, see, <laughs> God knows everything from the from, from the end, from the beginning to the end. God knows everything. So, see, it, it's it, we don't want to presume to to know the mind of the Lord. If, if He's chosen from the beginning of the world, it, those that are that He was going to put into his kingdom this is god's prerogative and and this is where we gotta we gotta just gotta resolve in our hearts that the one who cannot lie that cannot sin and knows the hearts of men knows what he's doing in salvation so see uh, our trust is in him Amen. not in our choice even our choice they say well, well i didn't know god was in you bringing you into the kingdom this is god's work and so, see, the thing is, we live in a generation where these things have been all, I mean, they've been all mingled together. They're, 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 yeah. It's hard to find someone that actually just says, I believe what's written in this book. Amen. It's his book. Amen. And it, these words are his words, Amen. and I'll trust in them. Now, you know, when men twist the words, they do it to their own destruction. In other words, as soon as you start twisting the words of God, they cease to be the words of God, and now they're the words of men. They don't produce in people what God intended. And that's a serious thing. That's called a false prophet. That's what they do. Yes? It says, these are written yes? that ye might believe that's that right. Jesus is the Christ, the yes? Son of God, and that believing ye might have life. Amen. Amen. Well, see, the known unto God are all his works. But see, we're not all known unto men. That's just the way it is. Now, the one that's holy and righteous, I'll just trust that he is doing the right thing. And and now look at this. He's been merciful and kind to us. He brings us into the fellowship of the only person he's ever received, his son. So guess what Jesus is doing? He's making us ready I've already said this, but he's ready, making us ready to live with his father. Who knows the father but the son, right? And so he put us in him and he's teaching us and working things in us that God will approve of. So I think that this, this thing about election and, and the foreknowledge of God and the, 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 all these are all mingled in with his character. It's who he is. It's not like God just made a doctrine separate from him. This is God working. And so, of course, we ought to expect it to be wonderful. This wonderful work that God's doing. And so we trust in Him. And, you know, all these other sidelines where men have departed from, actually they departed from the truth and they've made up something that just doesn't fit. It's caused a lot of difficulty. And it's caused trouble in, in our generation. And I, I, I still, I'm still, I invite people who want to talk about election that don't believe in it. Because, see, there's not a lot of people that will even talk to you about this now. They don't want to talk about it. It's just like, that's controversial. <laughs> this is a, the blessing of God. He's chosen us. Anyway, it's, it's, it's amazing. God is good, and he's, everything he does is good. So if God did it, I say amen to it. Yes? Rather, brethren, give diligence yes. to make your calling and election sure. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, these things you shall Yes. So whatever that means, we need to be about finding out and giving it. How are you going to make your election sure if you don't believe in election? <laughs> well, I don't believe in that. Well, we need to say it differently. <laughs> God said make it sure, and I say I don't believe in that. See, But see, an enemy's done this. He spewed out a flood. And before you know it, people aren't even, they don't even know that's in the Bible. Because they're not Bible people. They don't really scour the Scriptures and the scriptures are the are, are, are God's word. Well, thank you, brother. It's been a, a delightful discuss, discussion. I really enjoy discussing these things with the people of God. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, 
We come to you tonight with great thanksgiving that, Father, you've put us in your Son. You've given us hope that, Father, one day you're going to send him and he's going to deliver us into your kingdom and we'll be with you forevermore. Father, help us each day as we wake up to serve you, that you would be with us. Father, you would help us to see that you're with us. You would help us to see at, at, at every moment that, Father, you're bringing us, transforming us into the image of your Son. Help us, Father, to be good stewards of the manifold grace that you put in us. Father, the things that you've worked in us, the testimonies you've of, of, of what you have worked in us, help us, Father, to not be fearful of sharing them. Wherever you send us, help us to speak about you and to uh, bring the glory back to you. Father, we thank you for this time together. We ask, Lord, that you would be with us and keep us this next week. And that, Father, we would glorify your name. In your son's name, amen.